there's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. This episode is brought to you by Amazon Prime. You know Amazon Prime is not just a shipping subscription, right? It's got everything, including streaming TV and movies on Prime Video. And of course, Prime's fast, free shipping. Go from watching your favorite shows to getting your favorite things. Whatever you're into, it's on Prime. Visit Amazon.com slash Prime to get more out of whatever you're into. Right, let's fix Liverpool's problems. (laughs) Shall we? This is us at the AXA. (laughs) Right, let's fix Liverpool's problems. Liverpool's Caicedo and Lavia offers will save Everton's season. Go on. Big sides know they could get Lavia for a decent price. And I think that shows there's something there that those teams show think, I can't, I don't need that specific thing right now. Amrabat. <laughs> I think he's the perfect option. How come? Please. I used to captain a side with Max Kilmer. The team's called Max and Friends. Because he was just, le- wow. he, used to, he, used to turn up in, he used to turn up in jeans, essentially. I was in the shower thinking about... Have Liverpool got the most money left to spend in this transfer window? Their Casado offer was a massive insight into how frugal they're willing to be in the market to get who they want. But who is left to buy? Does anyone that comes in now just mean that they're third or fourth choice for Klopp? From what we've seen in the first two game weeks, they need a defensive midfielder and maybe even a defender. It feels undeniable and they need to act fast to save their title charge or not. We'll discuss that in just a second. And maybe even to keep Jurgen Klopp at the club. In this week's episode, we're going to look at all things Liverpool so far this season and tell you who they need to save their season. It's all incredibly hyperbolic, Loz, who joins me, as does his compatriot that we've uh, established. It's compatriot um, of the Lozcast Mm. podcast. We've... We're actually a little bit back to front this week. We've just done a podcast talking about the most impactful 11 for Liverpool. We really dragged you over the coals for that one. It I was could good. literally see his face going, why did I invite Lawrence to <laughs> no, do no, this No, 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 no. you always think that, and that's, that's never the case. And that is definitely a podcast that you need to listen to if you are a fan of Kenny Dalglish's Bunda. <laughs> the As word we Bunda are. weirdly got used in a Liverpool uh, all-time 11 ripples. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, the, and in the last few weeks, we've had Peter Schmeichel's penis. And now yeah, Kenny. that was a big burnt penis. <laughs> it was. And now uh, Kenny Dalglish's Bunda. So, yeah, make sure you check that out. That'll be out on Friday, all being well. But now is time to talk about the here and now. Jamie Slevin joins me as well. And, uh, Jamie, there's lots to talk about when it comes to Liverpool. And I imagine on your podcast, Liverpool is... A topic of conversation. Comes How quite, regularly? Comes quite a lot. We try to avoid Liverpool, actually, because it can get a bit meta, like we were just having this conversation, or it can get a little bit like received uh, knowledge is already there. And so you just... Can you give me an example? Of well, you just, you know, once you've had the discussion over and over and over and over and over again, right. or you've kind of had a certain amount of discussions and you feel like you've debunked a couple of things and... And then it's still the narrative is still broadly there in the media. You just feel like you're constantly repeating yourself until everyone else sees you're right. Is it a bit like that three year period when we would have conversations and we'd go because yep yeah, and all because you haven't 
you've got to yeah and, and then there's the yeah at the end yeah there's a new gen z version of that by the way that jamie just literally told me about do you want to hear about this or it's okay. not i don't know if it's football related but we were taking a photo in front of the the uh the james lawrence alcott sign mm. and what did you say to me it's giving it's giving it's giving do you know about it's giving i don't so someone tweeted i was in a smoking area of a club and it was freezing cold and someone said it's giving jacket and it's giving is like it's giving jacket vibes right but but now speaking of meta there's one layer deeper where you don't even need to say it's giving jacket you can just say it's giving it's giving it's the right. most do you remember you used to play that so, game so where so you and on, I... what's that giving it's get no so i was giving vibes. Lawrence, i was well, giving vibes right right so we're not picture. even saying vibes anymore we just it's just it's giving, giving. It? and it's kind of like the game that we used to play which would really annoy the other guests on the show where we go and then of course and that led to and of course no one yeah. needs to say what else is <laughs> yeah. yeah which means which led giving. to me getting the yeah. sack yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, um, look at us all. It's all worked out. The, uh, we're going to talk about <laughs> Liverpool, Caicedo, and Liverpool's transfer window. Will that work out? Well done, James. It's giving. He's brought it back. Um, speaking of things working out, do us a favour. Follow the podcast wherever you find it. If you want to watch us right now, you can do so exclusively on Spotify and give us a five-star rating as well. Because I like to watch that, it. That's just a kind thing that you can do. That you can carry with you for the rest of the week. I like watching the podcast on Spotify. It's nice. It's seamless. You can open your phone at moments. You go, oh, I want to. Sometimes I listen to it on the tube or whatever. I've downloaded it. And I like to be able to open my phone and go, what did James's face do at that point? <laughs> yeah. Is that, a, I'd love to know. Is that, I would imagine that's probably a thing. That's the, sort of one of the advantages I have with my face is that the, for all its faults, it's at least expressive. It's so expressive. <laughs> it's yeah, incredibly yeah. expressive. You know, you know what Liverpool at the moment are giving is Tim asking out Dawn in the second season of The Office, oh, where like for, the first half, for the first season, he's gone, no, 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 we're just friends. I don't fancy her. Or Liverpool have said, no, no, no we don't have any cash. We can't afford Bellingham. Right. And he's gone to ask her out. And she's gone, oh, no, I'm still with a boyfriend. And he goes, oh, no, no, I know. Of course, I met his friends. <laughs> yeah. And now Liverpool's... Okay, so, so with Liverpool, what, what does their heart truly desire then? To, to, to go down this thread? Because mm. I think we, we, we obviously knew, we were just like, just bloody kiss her because she wants it. But what do Liverpool... <laughs> yeah, I meant in a romantic sense. Yeah, in a romantic sense. What, what do Liverpool... What are they giving? What do they want? I think they want to they fulfil what Klopp wants now. And they're kind of on this mission. I think the Liverpool fans in general are on this mission to work out what it is that Klopp wants to achieve next. So how, what, what's the next stage of Liverpool? And I'm not sure that the fan base... Maybe some of the pundits have quite worked out what it is that Klopp's trying to build here. I think he has a clearly he has an idea of what he wants to build, and I think Liverpool constantly go through these kind of pain and then pleasure cycles where it's like it was a very painful season last season for Liverpool, and so what should follow is a, a cycle of pleasure this season where you know we understand more of what we're trying to achieve. Klopp's football is always that you need to you need to understand it to back it so that you know when to clap in the stadium, you know when to uh, back the team, you know when the team aren't doing well. And so it's a difficult one because I think Liverpool fans are going to see this differently to people who maybe don't watch every Liverpool game. Is there a fear here with Klopp from Liverpool fans that he's got so much credit in the bank? Mm -hmm. He's clearly such a great manager. But like previous managers... Say oh, let's let's chuck Arsene Wenger out there for example. New Wenger's name was coming sorry, in, sort of, but yeah. but I think that that is the 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 silence that's there. The elephant in the room is the fact that he has done it. He's done it. Mm -hmm. But can he do it again? And can he do it differently? 
that's that must be a fear that Liverpool fans have right now. Yeah, and the question becomes: Does Klopp have a clear sense himself of what differently exactly needs to look like? Because my sense is that he's been dragged to change, quite possibly rather than getting ahead of it, with the midfield collapsing before his eyes and him possibly not expecting it to at quite the rate. Mm. So it's not just he has to identify targets and make signings. He probably is having to have a rethink in real time, like you saw with Alexander-Arnold last year and his changing role. What actually is this next generation? And, I mean, one of the questions I have is, okay, he's interested in Caicedo or Lavia, but do we know what he actually wants Liverpool to look like in a year? Because I'm certainly not clear. Well, I, ideas. I, I think, think Caicedo, Caicedo is the most obvious one for me. And when that news dropped i was just like oh yeah okay i've I've truly imagine i can truly imagine it now him going putting out fires when trent's on his way back but trent's not too worried you know we just spoke about the podcast that will be out later in the the week about virgil van dyke when he came into the the club there was a bit of we can press the way that we want to because he'll sort this out for us and i think kaiseda from a defensive point of view would have really really offered that to to liverpool with klopp that I think there's also got to be an element of fear for a, a Klopp fan, which is any Liverpool fan, surely, that I remember, you know, there was the discussion. He was a bar, you know, there's so much ranking that goes on, right? And his legendary status was, you know, less than two seasons ago, or two seasons ago, was it was above Guardiola. He'd, he sort of, he was well above him. Do you think? Of, I think so. In that In wow. that pocket of time, due to the fact that Liverpool looked like they were going to do the quadruple. Liverpool had done it on half the ba- uh, the budget of Man City. All those, you know, different reasons. You know, fast forward a little bit now. Look, Guardiola has a lot of help <laughs> and it's disposable. He's also a genius, right? And that has to be accepted. And they've been able to retain those levels. With Klopp, it obviously was bad last season. And now looking to sort of go again, it does feel like the next three or four years will affect how he is seen. Again, coming back to that Arsene Wenger comparison. Arsene Wenger, if he stops at two, in 2005 and goes away, you know, he's... I'm getting loads of com- uh, comparisons now. He's like Jimi Hendrix, where he's just like... He's, wow. he's, he's run off. Do you know what I mean? He's run off before we knew... Before that rubbish album. Do you know what I mean? Sure. What I think there's a there's a concern here when it comes to Liverpool with the competition that's around there the money that's around there and actually what I think has pulled into focus really well for Liverpool here is how incredible the achievement was to okay you spent money on Alisson and Virgil van Dijk but Salah's 30 Wijnaldum's 35 um, Mane's Mane's 30 million Firmino's cheapish you know Henderson's Henderson's uh, Robertson's eight right so to kind of do it again Matt it was free yeah well, yeah, exactly. I mean, the whole squad, like, it's, when you think of, when you look at Chelsea and the money that they've spent, like, it, it's incredible, right? Too, are we, like, I, I feel more and more now we get more and more details on how transfer policies are kind of written or, you know, constructed the strategy behind what it is that people are trying to achieve and how they're trying to achieve it. That Comparing that Chelsea team to Liverpool or even now comparing Man City and what Man City are doing to Liverpool feels quite apples and oranges to me because of the way that Liverpool Liverpool's approach to transfers now and especially the way they've kind of been revealed this transfer window feels a bit outmoded or a bit kind of it's not quite as um, should we say uh, structured as some other people and so you would have thought Liverpool if they wanted Caicedo would have 
had a long-term strategy. They had a very long wooing period, as did Man City, with Jude Bellingham. Has, has everyone got smarter? I think so. I'm stuck here because it was only two or three years ago. Just, oh, it's a movable chair. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, sorry. Go on, up. Two dads. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's chairs up. Fucking hell. Yeah. Sorry, Jay. Edit that Carry on. <laughs> um, It was only a couple of years ago we were all going, God, how good are Liverpool at the market? They go early and they buy players at the right price. And I wonder if Caicedo or Lavia, which look like quite late, slightly last-minute swoops, are a reflection of the fact that they've lost their way or they just weren't expecting Henderson and Fabinho to go. I don't think they're expecting both Henderson and Fabinho to go. I think I think their learning here will be to be more ruthless quicker on the front foot. I would on is how I describe yeah, it because Ru- Ruth- new sets, because the competition for those those younger players has never been more, you know, feverish. And and on top of that as well, I think the so I always come back to how well we tell our stories. So obviously the Wenger story for me often did feel quite reductive. It was obviously very harshly told by quite a few people in the media circles at those times or kind of like fan media circles. And I think that to an extent tainted it. I think a lot of people probably would have been a bit more generous. I think Liverpool in general want to be more giving and generous to Klopp because of what he's achieved. And they understand that within the context of everything that's going on. And also, I think some some people are so quick to write off a Jurgen Klopp team because we understand them as quite binary. And actually, there's not really much to say that Liverpool won't be a decent side this season. It, you know, I know people are talking about the the defence or whatever it is. The goal that Liverpool conceded against Bournemouth was a mistake, really, from Trent Alexander-Arnold, a, a sloppy touch, which then is perfectly dispatched into the far corner. Liverpool then minutes later go down the other end of the field. Virgil van Dijk has a header. If you look at the chart, you know, there's that, those lovely bar charts that go up and down at the moment. Yeah. It's three blue lines <laughs> for Bournemouth and then all green for Liverpool. Yeah. So there's that as well. And I think what Klopp is trying to do is find this level of balance in the team at the moment. And so I think that's the issue right now. Lavia, they did, I, didn't, I didn't think Liverpool wanted to spend above a certain point for Lavia because they went, you profile too similarly to... Maybe Bicetic, who's already in the team. Maybe, you know, we've got Jones who can do elements of this. Do we really need another player that does what you do? Because let's be honest, Lavi is not a six. He's not a lone six. He's not. I, I, I think he can be a six. But he's not a lone six. And I don't, and there's plenty of, I mean, I get, maybe he's not the finished article lone six. I know he's very high ceiling, very high potential. But I think if you'd have asked Liverpool, I don't think at the start of the transfer window, people would have gone, Lavi is the answer for that. I think that, Maybe without a Caicedo, which obviously no one was, they weren't going for them anyway. They probably shouldn't have gone for them anyway. You're reduced down to these big headlines of you missed out on him, you missed out on him. And from there, people go, so you lost. <laughs> and it's like, no, that, that's why when they went for Endo and you see so many of the things that you would want in a player at Liverpool in Endo, you go, oh, right. The thing with Endo, I feel like, so one, the defensive side of the game, from what I've seen, I haven't seen enough of him, is is really strong. The other thing I think that people forget, I think kind of with the, the headline of not getting Caicedo, mm-hmm. two things. One, there are other players which of which we are about to, you know, discuss them. Thank you. Secondly, I just think that the order of which you sign your players, people think it's got to be, right, headline, then the backup, then the next guy. I think Endo's the backup. 
Oh, so he's you, definitely so the you're gonna, So the aim now for Liverpool to, is to go and get the guy who's actually truly the starter for them. But I don't think that guy exists in the market right now for Liverpool. I think so. The, the way that Liverpool go And that's the end it, of the podcast. <laughs> no, but what I mean is like, so for instance, like they, they wanted, they would have spent on Caicedo because they go, okay, we're going to have this guy for ten, eight years, potentially. You know, I think potentially he goes to Real Madrid in a couple of years, but potentially we have this guy for however long. So either we get a huge fee from Madrid in three or four years' time, yeah. or over the lifetime of his contract, this is worth 115 million a year or whatever yeah. it is over the lifetime of his contract. And they they were they were misled or misread the situation, and it, you know it was just it was silly on their part. I think it made them look quite rash. I think they thought it was a viable possible transfer, and ultimately Chelsea just had a better relationship. It's so un-Liverpool. Like they don't have Michael Edwards anymore. They don't have uh, they didn't have the guy who replaced him. And then they don't have someone in the moment who's kind of more responsible, apart from Jorge Schmacht, who's good, but you know has ultimately been found to be quite rash. He got two pieces of typical Liverpool business away at the start of the summer: Soboslai and McAllister. You would those both profile as highly Liverpool players. Yeah, in terms of the timeline too, right? It's so quick. Yeah. Soboslai sort of appeared out of nowhere. I think the opportunity was due to his connections, and he kind of went, "Oh, there's a contract here, and you, you know, if you have your tentacles." So many transfers now are about relationships. Mm. And I feel like Chelsea just had a better relationship, not necessarily even with Caicedo, but with the agents and the they knew what he wanted. That's that's part of it, you know? It's not just a fee and then does the player want to go there or not. Okay, so what we're going to do is we're going to have a little chat. There's a ripple effect quite possibly from mm -hmm. these uh, Caicedo and Lavia offers that are, is a bit further afield. Not too much further, but a bit further. Then we're going to put forward some options in terms of solving the problems within between now and the end of the window in terms of signing signing a defensive midfielder that could do do the job and allow Liverpool to to get to to be title challenges because that is the one thing that's important here to say as well it's they're only a couple of players away but also I think they're only a couple of injuries away from having a really horrible season so I think when I did a video on the quality of teams and that was the thing that really just slapped me in the face was that a lot of teams could do a lot of things, right? But if, but only certain teams can get away with having a good few injuries. And, you know, the C Arsenal cities, and the Man Cities. Yeah. I mean, Arsenal struggled with one injury last season. They lost one of their two main centre-backs and the, it fell apart. I think they have improved a little bit. So, like, so that's where <laughs> Liverpool are, like, don't have that same, same um, depth. But that's where it's strange that this narrative about the defensive midfielder situation this summer was so zero-sum. We basically decided en masse that, look, there was Lavia and there was Caicedo. No one else exists. And no one else exists. And you have Newcastle earlier in the summer signing Tonali. And after the first game of the season, everyone goes, cracking signing, good money, good value. But I wonder, and I don't have the answer, why, like, is it genuinely true that there are two defensive midfield players who can do a job for Chelsea and Liverpool? Or is it that there is some strange risk tolerance going on where only players with Premier League experience considered i think the thing with caicedo is that and we're going to go through some options here and, and all of them have a weakness right or a risk with caicedo i just didn't there's there's no risk for me like that that 150 million feels generous. i'm like okay like because these players cam said it brilliantly i thought it was great last week you're saying that these players are the brain of the team these days that that midfield area you have the ball is in the middle third so much more than it used to be. Especially if you're playing a Liverpool midfield or you're playing a Man City midfield well, right now. They're any dominant team these yeah. days. You have to you have those guys. You have to have a Rodri. That's why I think Rodri's role and Kovacic coming in, that is being slight. Him coming in allows Rodri to be more of the brain, if that makes sense. 
So these players are really important. And if you can get them young, and the only pro- the only downside would be, oh, we might have to sell them, sell them to Real Madrid in a couple of years' time for 115 million, more, then yeah. then what's the problem? So hmm. that's, that's the thing. But the, like you are losing the understanding and idea of the recent history of Salah, that whole long list of names that we've spoken about. There are other gems out there, you know. And also, by the way, Jurgen Klopp needed to sign a Japanese player because he's only ever won the league with a Japanese player <laughs> on his side. So uh, there's Kagawa, and then he did it with uh, Minamino. Minamino, and now we'll win the league again because we've signed there. Endo. Okay. Let's Wataru. Uh, I know you guys are dribbling for a ripple. That's very difficult to say, but I did say it. So here's one. Liverpool's Caicedo and Lavia offers will save Everton's season. Go on. Liverpool's offers. I seem to say that. I know. So my little idiosyncrasies. I know Loz spots them more than anyone else. So one now is that I shout this. Yeah. (laughs) Shout this top line. I was shouting it on the way up. I've said it. It's a statement. Liverpool's offers for Caicedo and Lavia may have raised the market value of midfielders in this window. We all know that Chelsea often splash the cash on their targets and sometimes overpay, but with Liverpool also offering similar, if not more money for these two, it consolidates that other clubs also feel like 50 million and 110 million offers are justified for their players and they are in fact worth that amount. Whilst people may not feel like these players are worth the money, clubs are still willing to pay these fees. Just to put this into perspective, by the way, mm. Basuma costs 25 million. Mm. Basuma's brilliant, by the way. He's so good. But again, it comes down to coaching. That's part System, of the point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Whilst people may not feel uh, like these players are worth the money, clubs are still willing to pay these fees. A beneficiary of this inflated market could well be Everton. Did it again, didn't I? Liverpool bidding £60 million for Lavia could easily mean that Everton can justify a £50 million price tag on Anana yeah. with Man United links strengthening over the last few weeks. But the reality of it is that he may not be worth that amount of money just yet. But because of Liverpool and Chelsea paying these types of fees, it makes it valid that Everton demand a similar I don't mind that as a ripple. I also want to see Manchester United sign uh, Onana just so that the way radio commentary can just become absolutely heart-stopping for Manchester United. <laughs> Onana, on the just ball. so that they go, Onana's on the ball in the centre circle. And they go, <laughs> he's where? And, and then he's played the, play the five-yard pass to Onana. Yeah, he's Onana. Yeah. Anana. 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 Yeah. That's amazing. They need to find another Anna player just to go up front. It just makes absolute sense. That's amazing. Yeah. Mm. Um, there's an Onama. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah, Anana, Anana, Onama. Mm. I like that. So how do we think about Anana, the midfielder, and him going to Man United and it being 50 million? If you are Everton, do you take that money? You know, he's one of their better players, but they do probably have a bit more depth and quality in midfield, and that would allow you 40 million on a striker? Everton are relatively straightforward to think about. They need to have a Dominic Avaluan quality player who's fit for 35 games a season. Yeah. And if Everton go down, as I suspect they probably will, short of that man appearing, it won't be because Onana was a Man United. It will be because they had to play Neil Mopai up front for a season. Yeah. The question is, though, who do you buy for 40 million? Because it's not obvious to me with the current market, especially if everyone knows you're 50 million quid burning a hole in your pocket. I still, yeah. I still don't get why... I still don't get why why only certain teams are finding value where they're then reselling the market. I'm still so confused by this. I have a suspicion on this, which is the teams have different risk tolerance. If you're Brighton, so, okay, Brighton signed Kaiseda for how much? 
I think it was like five mil or yeah. something silly. United can never make that signing. Liverpool can never make that United signing. United could have made the Caicedo signing. But yeah. they never would because they think, Wimps. well, his... Yeah. I mean, cowards, right? No yeah. spine. They think his ceiling is really high, maybe. But they need someone who isn't going to be a waste of cash. They need someone to come in and make an impact today. They've got to prove it first, right? Yeah, and... It's this. But then back to your coaches and also just get their coaching department and go, do that better. But does that lead to Brighton having a ceiling where, because once you sort of try and make that jump from being a, you know, getting in the top six once because you got a crop of players and it kind of worked out, I know that's reductive. But when you then want to go and get those guys to allow you to strengthen and be a title challenger, can can that be, can that be, can you have the, the nuts to do that? I think I think it depends on the culture of the club. And if you listen to Brighton talk about it, they say, of course, we're going to sell players. I don't think Brighton are in any danger of saying, listen, what we're going to now do is go buy the finished article. And I think the problem with Man United is they've been in a very nasty habit. And I'm kind of morbidly fascinated with it in signing these guys who are like, I mean, Falcao. I mean, all of these Alexis like... Andrews. The name is needed, it feels like. The name is needed. And yeah. the interesting thing is, if you look at Newcastle, they've resisted the temptation. They've looked at Manchester City and said, "Well, you signed Roque Santa Cruz, or you've signed, you've Joe. signed Gareth Barry, you know that Apparently. kind of thing." And Brighton, I don't think, are in any danger of overstepping, especially because as much as we say, "Oh, Brighton's so brilliant at signing," do Everton have a problem with that in terms of the need for a name? Hugely, and I mean, yeah. what names have they had just out of interest? Wayne, Van der Beek, Wayne you know, Rooney. those kind of Deli Alley, like those kind of players. That, like it won't not, be, but like. We didn't know who uh, Buenanote was, but we're certain he'll be great. And CISO, like these, these, those players are. This is the the theme of this podcast: is there are players out there. There are. If you've got the if you've got the right guys to go and find them and the bravery to play them, like that's that's been the problem with with Everton is that they've they've bought players because they were kind of names more so than they were they were a fit. This is why stats though are a double edged sword because on the one hand, like oh, you can go find a gem. But also now everyone agrees on who the best players are. Yeah. Like we look at our long list and Everton's long list is the same as Chelsea's is the same as Liverpool's. That can't work. That, that, I don't think that works coach to coach. I also just think there's obviously there's a certain number of players that are available. I also think personality and pro, the profile of the personality has a big impact on whether Liverpool sign those people or not. I think Liverpool and Klopp are especially against signing, you know, Milner got asked a few years ago what kind of players do you sign? Why, why is this team successful? And he went, there's no, no wankers. Yeah, no dickheads. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's a New Zealand have that as a rule. Yeah. Um, it works. Yeah, it, it clearly does, right? So, but I think, yeah, I think Anana, if Everton could get that cash, get that cash. But again, the, I think the problem is you, quite can, late. You, you can't, yes, it is late. And players like Jokeres, who would have been really great for them, those kind of players aren't, you know, they'll end up signing I actually like this player, but they'll end up signing Shea Adams for too much money for thirty-two million enough. for thirty-two yeah. million quid, yeah. and they'll finish nineteenth, and he'll go on the slide. To Although I actually Bournemouth. think Shea Adams is a good signing. But, but, but also, it also frames his signing in a negative fashion because of like sim- similar to the way that Liverpool have you know missed out on Caicedo, miss, which they have done, yeah. but they're not as devastated as I think people want them to be. And I think it'll be similar with Everton signing Shea Adams is a good, is a very good signing, and really. I think we, I feel like we've got this idea at the moment: you either win or lose the window. And it's a great title, though, isn't it? Yeah, I, it is a good title. <laughs> it is a good title. I, I, I just wonder whether we need to. Maybe it's sort of a, there's a power rankings for who's done well in the week, or there's something where you can kind of give everyone their due 
within the the way that you grade them so it's not just winners and losers it's like better winners and you know better, yeah worse losers. there's also an obsession at the minute with the project you know managers have a philosophy and stuff i don't believe that liverpool or chelsea need to find a solution for the next decade i think it's just fine to sign endo and maybe another endo who's 28 29 and say look there's no one on the market for value who's 22 that's totally cool well yeah we're, we're obviously going to go down that road of, of options that could really supercharge them a bit much but like supercharge ah! I got the look from Lars. Supercharge them. But I do always think that... So the Chelsea business is it's a lot of money, right? But I kind of get it now when I look at it all in its entirety. And that big number at the top, in terms of its sort of individual assets, you can recoup that money probably, well, quite quickly as long as there's enough money in the Premier League. And so... Didn't Top Bowley just come... I get... I get. I, I, I totally... I really enjoyed your analysis of the, what Chelsea are doing. I think maybe I'm slightly more on the rosy side of where Chelsea sit with this. I think there's so much received knowledge within the transfer market of, well, that's not how you do it. Or, you know, this is how we do it. Or this is how it's done. Mm. I think Top Bowley just came in... And similar to anyone who's innovative in any financial space, you know, in the art world, in any of these kind of things, they just came up with a new financial model or a model that not many other people are doing and went, we'll just do it like that. We'll do obviously amortization over the lifetime of his contract, blah, blah, blah. And obviously the rules then have to come in and kick in. And now it's only five years that you can have the amortization and all those kind of things. But that's because of people like Todd Bowley, because of his long-term contracts. And so on top of that... I think it's similar with Liverpool. Like they found a bit of a loophole a few years ago where it was like, you know, if we analyze these stats in this way, we know we can up this player. Other people have followed that and now they need to get ahead of the trend again. I think also it's about your focus needs to be around you, the ingredients you have. So Brighton, no, they can't, they can't battle with other clubs when it comes to money. So where is an area of, of advantage? It's, well, South America seems to have a lot of good players. You can probably get them cheaper. Their wages are probably cheaper as mm-hmm. well. So let's own that that market. For Chelsea, they have the ingredients to do it this way mm-hmm. because of their academy as well in terms of bringing money in, in time. Yes. So it does feel risky when you hear the big numbers. But when you do break it down, it does make a lot more sense. Add, added to the fact that they often have 20 players that go on loan to the EFL and the Bundesliga or wherever. And that helps sort of build up them in terms of their profile. And you can get money for, for them. They've got a, there, there's, there's pressure on them to win now, though. There should be pressure on them yes, to win. Yes, but now. sorry, that was my initial point was that it's not, they don't have to win this year. They don't. But they have to show improvement, and it has to be a vast level of improvement. I think you want to see improvement. Absolutely. Absolutely. This team's got to be. Because I think they should be. That's the danger top. is the Ruben Loftus, you know. Is Lavia is just Ruben Loftus Cheek? That's you the Lavia Caicedo is just Conor Gallagher. Do you know what I mean? The danger here for Liverpool is they're sort of the, in the worst of both worlds because they don't have the unlimited Chelsea cash, but equally they're not Brighton. They don't have these restrictions that force them to be innovative. So they've kind of coasted on like we've made like three or four years of quality signings, and now they've slightly been struck by the lack of market for players at good value, yeah. and don't seem to have the Brighton either connections or enterprise to have signed a South American genius every six months. I think they lost their connections. I think they lost those with Edwards and possibly Julian Ward. Um, And then now they've brought in a new, obviously it's Jorg. Um, And I think the the power that Klopp is exerting at the club now, maybe there's a similar suffocating feeling that you were talking about. And I'm not saying therefore it's bad. Like I think he has a lot more power and I think maybe it's forced a few people out of the club or there have been some political ruptures, should Mm. we say? That doesn't mean that he's been a horrible person. It just means he wants more 
he wants more autonomy in his own job. I think that's fair enough. Which leads to a lack of freedom for others. Right. Yeah, which leads to more, uh, you know, exacting circumstances for within which you can sign certain players. I think last summer he and his assistant coach vetoed a lot of signings and that put them in a position where they were like, well, who do you want then? Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, there's only so many people you can... Which leads to through. pressure to just get someone. Right. Do you know what I mean? Because that's where you're right. We're coming back to what you've said, Jamie, it's in terms of go get a 28-year-old who's a really solid defensive player who's going to let all those attacking players kind of thrive and and uh, who will be fit for 30 games this season and let's have another look in the summer. Yeah, and if you're not going to do that and you're deciding, well, God, there really are only one or two who can play on the side, go get them in May. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and that, you... But that's why that is bollocks. Like, yeah, I think there are there are players. There's loads, and that's why Liverpool have been so picky. Otherwise, they would have. Otherwise, if there was only Lavia in the market, they would have gone. Well, we've got to pay for Lavia then. Yeah, yeah. Before we start to look at those options in terms of fixing Liverpool's problems, uh, do you think there's going to be a sort of ding dong bid right at the end of the you know deadline on deadline day? I yeah, think there'll be why a not? Why not? Uh, yeah. Because think... everyone knows they've got this cash but I also think they're, they're so they're, they're just working out what the best option is I also think you did a great video on your YouTube channel which was fantastic um, about the positions of the kind of the, the progressive eight the attacking eight how important those positions are this season you know the Tenali types what it is that Pep's trying to achieve obviously Liverpool are trying to achieve that with uh, McAllister and Soboslai there's lots of people now really focusing on that area I think the next real focus area is going to be the upgrade in basically the reverse of that. So the kind of the sixth position and what you do in that area of the field, A, to combat those eights, because that's the same combat area, but B, to then turn that around very quickly when you get the ball off those people to make them a more transitional side. That's what Manchester United is trying to do, really fast transitions and not necessarily do a lot of what other teams are trying to do in the build-up. And I think what we're doing at the moment is putting the old Klopp model of the 4-3-3 functional midfield onto this team and going, you're not, but you're not doing that. Do that thing that you did. Yeah. And so the analysis is, ah, you need a six. But I think Klopp is looking at multiple different players within the market and going, I'm not looking for... 6-6. Six, six. I'm looking for this player that has these attributes. And the reason they were so invested in Caicedo was because he has such a high ceiling on so many different aspects of his games. He's not just a 6. He, you know, he has that right-back potential, which obviously is, you, I don't think they'll ever have played him truly at right-back. Uh, he had the potential to then get further up the field, be a bit more attacking, find that pass, combine. I think that's what the next iteration is, this positionless defensive player monologue. But what are those attributes? You'll find out after this. You're listening to The Ripple Effect. Lovely. Boom. Lovely. There's an ad break. There's an ad break. This episode is brought to you by Amazon Prime. You know Amazon Prime is not just a shipping subscription, right? It's got everything, including streaming TV and movies on Prime Video. And of course, Prime's fast, free shipping. Go from watching your favorite shows to getting your favorite things. Whatever you're into, it's on Prime. Visit Amazon.com slash Prime to get more out of whatever you're into. Right, let's fix Liverpool's problems. We? This is us at the AXA. <laughs> right. Let's fix Liverpool's problems. So you were saying in terms of that DM, 
they'll be more defensively minded. Okay, yeah. What what were the attributes that I teased so fantastically just seconds ago? Do, do you want to take what? this? Or? There's a question here before we dive straight into the attributes. Well, no, Jamie, just asking, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, what just... is an attribute? Do you know what I mean? Like, Guys, what do we, what do we mean? <laughs> how do you spell attribute? Yeah. What do you mean by attribute? Well, what do you mean by why? One one it's better almost. be good. <laughs> Do you actually need a defensive six just to riff off what Loz was saying? Because there's been plenty of sides in the past. I mean, Pirlo played deepest in that AC Milan team or Juventus team. You had Busquets playing there for Barcelona and Spain and now into Miami. And I'm just wondering, like, amongst the obsession with can they defend, can they put a foot in, could Liverpool decide, God, it's fucking it's Thiago? Or God, it's someone of that shape? Right. So, yes, uh, in terms of current weapons at the disposal, Thiago unfair on the weapons, but okay. can't stay fit, but I True. love him. I love him. I think that I'm, I've kind of resigned myself to the fact that at the end of his contract, Thiago leaves and the experiment with Thiago is done. But I also think he's been unfairly characterised whilst in the Premier League. Would you dare play him as the six? You, you could play him as one of the two deeper lying playmakers. Him and Trent. Him and Both Trent. getting 100 touches a game. Well, so, Amazing. So Thiago <laughs> is that kind of player who's... He, he's that guy, the older guy at five aside. Really got to stop doing analogies. He's the older <laughs> guy at five aside who... Uh, loves some, to empower you. And every time, you know when you first go there, maybe you're a bit nervous, you're playing a new five-a-side team, he goes, go have a touch, and passes you the ball. He's very encouraging. Yeah, he's very encouraging. He's like a, he's, he coaches you through the game. I think that's why Klopp quite likes him. He's one of those guys who, he, people say he's metronomic. He distributes and goes, go on then, you do it. So go we're going to go through a few names here. It's kind of like the what's he got, what's he missing kind of idea yeah. here with Tiago I think Tiago is underrated defensively I think has I he ge- got the mobility that you need to and if you are going to play him are you getting Trent alongside him are you letting Trent be that old school um right back a bit more of that staying wider like can he do that job on his own with McAllister and Savojla in there F- football is such a game of fashion and at the moment the like Basuma or Caicedo mobile midfield player is so in fashion but it wouldn't surprise me, honestly, if in 18 months' time or two years' time we went... I think the problem here is... And I love Thiago. You know, people listening to this know. Beautiful. I love him, okay? But if you want to play the way that Liverpool Klopp wants to play overall, the, the ethos is, you know, get at them. Mm-hmm. Go and score goals. Let's score five if they're going to score four. And so there's going to be space behind you. And I just don't... I mean, although Bayern Munich, maybe if you went down that Bayern Munich road, he was that guy who was there. Obviously, had Kimmich next to him or Goretzka next to him, who would be a really good signing, um, but obviously wouldn't happen. Thiago could, could do it. I just, it, like you're right, in terms of what's in vogue right now, it doesn't feel like Thiago is capable or would need Bichetics next. Yeah, and I guess if you're looking at the market as a whole, maybe if you're thinking, well, we could play that way, like we did at Stamford Bridge, which... By the way, as a Fives Liverpool fan, I'd be very nervous about playing without a six. But it does open up your options as we have this conversation that we're about to jump into, which is, well, what are we looking for? Because maybe it doesn't have to be someone who's primarily defensive, although I yeah. suspect it is. I think it is someone who's pri- I think it is someone who's primarily defensive. I think it's got to be someone, all the players that Liverpool have profiled in that position are great at a standing tackle and great mm. at uh, basically imposing their shadow onto the opposition attacker at that point. Caicedo is one of those fantastic players who if you broke the entirety of Brighton's press or whatever it was, their intensity of football, he was there to stop 
those players who would spin you and get him straight at your defenders. That's what Liverpool are looking for. Someone who basically goes, you're standing, I'm standing, I'm going to get the ball off you while I'm standing, and you're turning it around really fast. That's what Endo, Endo's got that capability. Yeah. I, I mean, the final thing on the Thiago thing, because I think there's something in this. So there's a thing called strengths-based coaching, right? Yeah. So if you're, um, if you're a golfer and you're awful at chipping, right? But you're, you're really good at sort of driving the ball. There's an idea that don't worry about the chipping. Mm-hmm. Just be so good at the driving that the ball always goes in the middle of the fairway. And so you're never, you're never having to chip, right? So with the Tiago thing, if you had Tiago and Trent... And Alexis. And Alexis and Sabozlai, there is something in that. that you, okay, you're not going to play at the same tempo, probably, as you would. But in terms of what you have to deal with, you're going to have... 75% possession. I think you're also, the ball's going to move much smarter than if you're, like, there are players who before would recycle it in a very functional fashion because the ball is moving in a a more meaningful, possibly, way, is the only way I can put it. Maybe you in a bit more incisive. Or a bit quick. You know, it's a bit quicker. Alonso was great. Alonso played simple passes, but played them quickly. That's and, enough, and, and that's what Tiago does. Tiago's well. great at that. I think Alexis is really good at that. He's he's bought I'd this. I'd love to see it. I'm just saying. I, I, I worry that I'm trying to reinvent Klopp here, though. Like, I, I'm that's with the you. Problem. That's the, what clashes. It doesn't. Whereas the safe thing is exactly what you're saying is is go, okay, we're going to let. We're going to let. All of you guys do what you want, but mm-hmm. we'll have one guy who's going to safeguard, right. you know, the ship here a little bit. And I, I think that that is that does make complete sense. I did. Th- I felt like Sabozlai, especially against Bournemouth, did show an element of being all over. Did show an element of if we defend higher up, then there's less pressure on the back line. And there is this kind of idea of, well, yeah, offense is the best form of defense for this. And I think Klopp mm-hmm. plays the odds. I think the only problem is the league is so strong. Mm-hmm. That there there will be a way around that press, and then you're you know then it goes tits up because I I think Tiago doesn't have that outrageous mobility that you you need to be that guy who's essentially sweeping the midfield. I, yeah, I think when he arrived, maybe he did. I think he was a bit more mobile, and now I think we maybe we're just not as sure of what his capabilities are because we've not really seen him consistently. Here's a ripple for you. Not signing a defensive midfielder earlier on in the window will mean Liverpool will go on to lose their next two matches. Next two matches. Next, two next matches. one's Newcastle. And after that? Uh, Villa. Well, was... Oof. Could you argue those are the games that they'd lose anyway? <laughs> well, I mean, again... This... By the way, also with no McAllister. So yes, McAllister. exactly. Well, so the lack of defensive midfield meant that McAllister has been playing as the deepest midfielder and now has got himself sent off. Of course, that doesn't occur if he's not playing in that role. Mm-hmm. And now you've got... It's well, I don't be... know about that, mate, but okay, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Now, now you've got Endo and Bacetic, who, you know, the first ever ripple effect was about Bacetic and how wonderful he was as a player. So, I, you know, I don't think we need to forget how great he is. I'm intrigued to see how sort of Endo comes in and slots in. I think that's... The, the good thing about him is that can you put him in and it be about the defensive side first? And that simplicity might be really useful. I think the trouble Liverpool have had in the market trying to find a defensive midfielder actually takes the pressure off Endo in one kind of way. Because now we're not going to be judging him on his ability going forward, really. We're just going to say, well, has he done the Declan Rice thing at Arsenal, which is keep the ball moving and put a foot in? Mm. And if he can, just in the short term, I think he'll be reviewed quite positively. If Liverpool had had great success in the market already, we might have been slightly harsher. That's interesting. I, I wonder if, and actually, you know, some of these options that we're going to talk about 
like say with Lavia, if Lavia had come in, you've not got Caicedo that you've got Lavia. He's supposed to be really good, but he's is he as good as that guy? At least with Endo, there's none of that. He, he, he could be a bit of a cult hero. Mm, I think he definitely becomes a Liverpool cult hero. I also think if Liverpool get Lavia, they never bid on Caicedo. If Liverpool is sure on Lavia, they don't go, oh, maybe get that guy. They've yeah. just got their guy. And I think that's the point. Is like multiple big sides know they could get Lavia for a decent price. I think City have, will have definitely been re-offered him. Chelsea were obviously offered him. Manchester United were considering it. Liverpool were considering it. They all got to a point where they went, it's a little too much for me. Mm. And I think that shows there's something there that those teams show think I can't, I don't need that specific thing right now. Let's go through some options then for cool. the DM position. First of all, Ibrahim Sangare. Everyone loves him right now. Every, he's so hot right now. Mm-hmm. So hot. 25 year old. He's I, giving. Yes. <laughs> Do you know what? I, I like this as an option. And actually all the options we're putting forward here, I really like them all for sort of different reasons. First of all, when it comes to him, I think... Look, that being press proof would be my concern with him. Mm-hmm. But being sort of six foot three and having that physicality, that's what I'm struggling to sort of place together with Tiago is that he's not he's too he feels a bit too small, if that makes sense. And I know that's silly, but I, I think with Sangare, you've got someone who can sit there, who can help you when it comes to set pieces, um, who score goals for you from that point of view, good destroyer. Yeah, I don't I'm not sure he's press proof. But and he was linked with um, Nottingham Forest. Who, if he does go to Nottingham Forest, I mean that's an amazing signing for them, and they are enormous. All of a sudden, they've got so many. They're getting a lot of big, big players, and I think Hench that stuff nice. does matter at times in, when it's fine margins. Yeah, it's a presence thing as well. It's about your shadow. Like you sort of are developing through the midfield, and you see the six foot three leggy lad, and you kind yeah. of think, "I might turn around." Yeah, I think that is that's absolutely. I think we're like I'm when you watch him play. No, it's true though. But it, it is true. You kind of go, "Oh, how am I supposed to get around them?" Like those legs, he he is that he has got that size about him. He is very sort of, it's not Vieira. It's sort of he's even more sort of languid than that. And on the flip side, if you look at Thiago, you kind of feel like I fancy this. I fancy a really? runner to you with the ball at your feet for sure. Interesting. I don't know if I fancy myself against Thiago. I think Thiago. You took, speaking about strength based coaching. I think Thiago, very often you don't see him left behind by the play. You see him very capable of reading where the ball's going to go because of where he's because of what he's had to do in his career. He's not had that mm, physical I, yeah. position. He's also one of the players, when he came to Liverpool, I think he had the highest number of, or the second most highest number of tackles in the Bundesliga that season before. He'd also had the highest number of fouls in that area as well. Thiago is not just about winning the ball back and doing it. It's just about stopping in right, that position. Yeah. yeah, he's savvy. And he's a savvy He's player. savvy. Yeah, and yeah. I think that's part of it, that, that Liverpool need, I think what we're miss, part of what we're missing here is Endo's a savvy player. He was captain for Stuttgart. He was a game manager for them. He was someone who'd often slot into their back line at the end of games, help them see a game out, which kept them up. He, he, he's someone who's got the wily element that I think Liverpool lack without a Fabinho or a Henderson when those guys are on their day. Option two, Calvin Phillips. So Kevin De Bruyne's injury could save Liverpool's transfer window here. And this does feel like a no-brainer. The week, you know, has he what he's got and what he hasn't got, I think the problem you've got with him is that is the fitness record. You know, you can't that I think Calvin Phillips is such a great fit for Liverpool. It's so long since he's played a He doesn't have FB ref, you know, that that sort of scouting report stats because he's not got enough minutes last in the last year. And that's kind of my point is he doesn't have enough time on his on his legs recently for someone to go for Liverpool, I think specific I think maybe another team if it was a Forest or someone like that could 
maybe justify it and sort of go, listen, there's enough quality there. I also wonder if because City have sort of been, not trying to push him out, but... Sort of been going... I'm surprised by that. I've got to be honest, because I, so if I was Guardiola, I would stick with him because I think with the role that Kovacic is playing, I think there's you've got someone who can look. He's not Rodri, um, he's not Kovacic, but he can kind of do both jobs. You've seen him do that for England. I think if he plays and thrives and he's fit, I think he's I think he's awesome because he's got everything that we're kind of talking about, like good enough on the ball. He's got the you know the snap in the tackle. He's got that you know Bielsa understanding, which would kind of help with Klopp a little bit in terms of that pressing. He's happy to go you know man on man and and be sort of on the front foot as a defender as well. His heat map I do like him. during the Euros, the home Euros essentially. I think it was the furthest player forward apart from Kane. He was so well, he's kind high of playing a different pitch. role for England as opposed to what he was doing for Leeds prior to that. Mm. But with KDB being injured, that means Kovacic and Rodri, I think, are going to play. And in particular, Rodri's going to play 90% of the minutes. So it feels like he could be available. Um, and I, like profile-wise, I, I think he gives you a lot of dexterity as well. Mm. I like him there if you want to play slightly different. If you want to be, uh, I, I think, normally... Klopp will lean towards the, the the positive approach, but still there might be games where you would want to have him in and play him as an eight. But I think ultimately they're looking for that player right now to 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 be the six, but be a you know a, a proactive one, a mobile one as well. Yeah. He has to be fit, and you can't take that risk, can you? Is, is it, it fitness or is it mentality with him? And I'm not trying to be mean about him here. I just think mean? at City, I think if you go to Man City and you don't make it, and then you have to go, I'm I'm not saying therefore he's a failure. I'm just saying this is one avenue you could explore i'm trying to be as kind as possible i think mentally it must be quite i think pep is very intense i put it that way and i think if if you i wonder if he's more like no i do want to stay i do want to prove that i can be at city maybe going to liverpool feels like a bit of a side step that he doesn't want to take there's such a long list of i don't think you can apply that mohammed salah he played for Kevin de bruyne salah came from italy though no but they came from a treble winning city side but he, he he was at chelsea with an intense manager, as was KDB. So I don't sure. think you can put up. Phillips, Phillips has played under Bielsa, who is probably more intense or as intensive. But, was, but is, is very, um, he, he was on Bielsa's good side. He was important there. Yeah, he, he was important. And Biel, Bielsa, Bielsa backed all his guys. I, I think Pep, the spin there would be that you bring him in and make him feel important well, and you know there's a player. I, well, I, if I'm honest, I also wonder if he wants to leave City himself. I think if there's a hesitance to leave City and... You like Liverpool kind of needed to learn this from the Caicedo thing. It's like, sure, you can bid 115 million, but if you're bidding 150 million or whatever money you're bidding, really, you want the player to want to be there. You don't want it to be this kind of, oh, okay, do you know what I mean? Like, it, oh, fine, I'll come. You know, yeah, you don't want we, that. You're speculating well. there. I'm speculating, but I, I'm also, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm saying if there's, I think there are other players maybe that if I'm looking for a you know, a negative probably it's that there may be other players who might be a little more willing to be leaving their club and move on somewhere else and start afresh is that, what I'm saying. That's, I'm not questioning his mentality. That, that's almost certainly true, but I have to say, I kind of love Calvin Phillips. I, think I love him too. But injury, I'm not saying I don't love him. Why do you hate him so much? Yeah. Why you, how long have you hated him? <laughs> a month. Oh, well, he's a Leeds player. Oh, you know, you know what it is about him is the injury record in the last year and the fact he doesn't quite play the Rodri role or like there's been quite public criticism of him not being able to play the Rodri role mm-hmm. has made us kind of all forget quite how good his passing is, how good the pressing he is, how mobile he is. Yeah. And he strikes me as like the Klopp high octane. The worry is though, the fitness and as you say, does he really want to leave? I, I, yeah. The thing is, right, as well, with Pep, it's the second season. Mm. So Pep might have a plan that could, he might be about to play 25 games. My gut 
thinks thought that at the start of the season. I was thinking there's there's options for him to get into the team because again that's a small squad that Man City have and they will play sixty games. I think they were desperate though. So I think Man City lost out on two big transfers this summer, which was Bellingham. I think both Liverpool and City both thought they were much more forward in the race for Bellingham and Bellingham. I, you know, I don't want to say led people on, but I think the negotiations went further with certain clubs. They then lost out on him. They then went, they wanted Rice. Rice was way too progressed with Arsenal. They then went on for uh, Paquetar. Obviously, other things have transpired there. I just think they've missed out on other targets. And they, knowing what they know now, I don't think they would let Gundogan go. And I think the reason they've re-signed Bernardo Silva is because they went, look in this market. Can we get anyone else? No. All right, we'll just re-sign you then. They bought him for forty-five million. If Liverpool were to buy him, your player's not really got a game for them. You could easily sell him for fifty million. Everyone's kind of happy. Fifty-five-zero. Yeah. I think you've nailed it though. They have a small squad, and if they are going to play this double pivot, which they might, they need it's, ju- guy, it's just a numbers they? game. They need yeah. another because you have Rodri, who ideally plays ninety-five percent of the time. Rodri plays too much, almost. I think at the moment he's just, he's he's got. It, I know he's fantastic, but there's a burnout worry there. Yeah, and that that could be the stumbling block here. Uh, option three, uh, Ryan Gravenberg. Not a, not a natural, not just a six. That will be my only criticism of him. I think oh, Gravenberg. Yeah. I agree. I don't. That's one that, that. Yeah, I like him as a player. I don't get him for Liverpool as it primarily being a six. Had option they not signed, four. Yeah. Had, sorry. Had they not signed um, McAllister or Sobosley, I think we're much more in for Gravenberg. Say it properly. Gravenbeck. Gravenbach. Gravenbach. Yeah. Gravenbach. Gravenbach. He's perfect. Gravenbach. Norden Amrabat. Yeah. Amazing. Niche. Yes. Amrabat. I think he's the perfect option. How come? Please. Because I think some people think, oh, you know, destroyer for Egypt. And other people will think... Uh, guy just needs to be on the ball all the time for Fiorentina. Put your hands together. Uh, I'm ourselves... about for Egypt. Um, Morocco. Morocco. Forgive yeah. me. Forgive yeah. me. Forgive me. Um, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Okay. I'm so sorry. I just wanted to correct that because then you, Thank I, you. I knew that you knew you, you were wrong. I, yeah. Yeah. I, I, you, you well, were... you knew that I feel bad about it. At the yeah. Yeah. You do. Yeah. I just think he. I think he fits the style. I think, you know, if they want to control the ball, he can do that. If he wants to, you know, want the defensive attributes, he can do that as well. I think the problem you'll have here is, do Man United want him? And if it then gets into a bidding war, then is that going to be part of this? But the FFP side of it for Man United is a bit of a problem as well. They haven't sold Maguire. That money would have been used for this, you would imagine. Or McTominay. Or McTominay as well, exactly. So, yeah, again, you're... I think we would have been in for him. If, if if we'd have wanted him, I think we could have gotten him. And I think if Liverpool wanted someone like Amrabat and they wanted him for the price that he's probably going for, then they would have moved already for him. And I that's agree. my point. So why aren't, why aren't they going for Amrabat? Um, you know, when, whenever you evaluate players, it always sounds like you're being incredibly harsh. I just wonder if he, he Klopp's looking for this next dimensional midfielder that feels a bit more revolutionary. Amrabat possibly feels like a bit more of the same that Liverpool maybe aren't looking for. And so they're not willing to make that compromise because they also go, well, if we've just signed him, can we then resell him? Because in a season's time, we feel like we've got this guy or that guy. Do you get, does that yeah, make sense? Yes. Uh, yeah, it does. You've got a player there that's going to stand still a little bit more. 
but I think that's actually the you know it's the one position where that's okay. Mm-hmm. I think so, I think it'd be great for Man United as well. By the way, I think maybe the possibility with him is he's not. He's twenty seven. Yeah, so he's twenty seven, and it's so not, is Phillips. Phillips is twenty seven. I yeah. think of him as perpetually twenty four. Is Jesse yeah. Lingard not still twenty one though? It's that kind of thing. Yeah, no, he's twenty one. It's he that kind is, of shape. Actually, yeah, he's a great option. Why don't you? I mean, if you're talking about twenty seven year olds, I'm being slightly tongue in cheek, but like, what em- what's Emery Chan up to? Because. Is he 27? <laughs> no. He's but, but, certainly not 27. There have been a few shouts on... Um, on get him back. Get the gang back together. Win Alden? Yeah. Why not? Well, the interesting thing, though, is it depends on what kind of... When we're having this conversation, what age profile we're looking at. Because the nice thing about someone like Caicedo or Lavia is you kind of have this, like, six-year contract. Whereas if you're happy to go as far as 27, which is a little bit older than I think Liverpool would have ideally liked, I think Amrabat, you could do a ton worse than. You know, Rodri at City, there's this thing of Guardiola saying, I don't want you to move. Yeah. And I think he would do that with incredible that's discipline. I agree. And I think that's I think that's fine. I think that's what that's what they actually need. Like has he got enough mobility to to, to put out those fires? Amrabat? Yeah. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I I I find it odd that it's not been done, if I'm honest. Mobility <laughs> mobility also is a sli- it's a relevant thing, but it's also so shape dependent because you don't need to be so mobile when there's players around you. So you know, if you're outside, the press is nice and high, and that's kind of what Liverpool are going to be under Klopp. You'd imagine. Canate needs to step up as well. Like mm. th- that's part of it. Like the what gets uh, people get angry about Trent and go, "Oh, he's out of position." Of course he is. He's playing right wing. Yeah. Or he's playing mm. attacking midfield here. So like you're going to get done in transition. So I think they need a centre back as well. We've got some options on the other side for this. I think they need. A, they don't need a right sided centre back. They need a left sided centre back. But this is coming back to that injury thing. Canate, if Canate plays forty games this year. And Joe Gomez needs to play a few here and there. Cool. John Matip as well. John Matip as well. Right, exactly. But obviously, Canate is the future, right? You'd hope so. But I think, I think that's the worry injured. for Liverpool right now. Is yeah. at the moment is is progress maybe feels a little inhibited because the shape of the team is not doesn't play to his strengths. He gets caught under the ball quite a lot. All these kind of things. One final option that I, I thought about this morning: um, Would Hoiberg be a good shout? I, was I think he'd be great. Spurs. Yeah. I was thinking about Hoiberg. I think you could do a ton worse than Hoiberg yeah. for a year. Yeah. If you said, listen, the game we're playing is let's just get someone in and steady the ship for now. Yeah. But then, you know, on that thought, I did have a slightly, slightly tongue in cheek idea, which was got McTominay one year loan. And I'm joking for lo- lots of obvious reasons, but it does open, it opens my mind to like, well, what are Liverpool looking for here? Because Hoiberg, you know? Well, that was a, you know, it was a great point that Kweku made on ESPN last week where he was saying that the one thing that Chelsea have and Man City have is that they'll sell to anyone. Mm. Whereas Man United can't sell to Liverpool. They can't sell to Man City. Liverpool can't sell to Everton. They can't sell to Man United. They're probably not going to want to sell to Chelsea now. Like That's that's one massive advantage that some of those guys have. City the, were the kind of, of creating their own narrative. They gave the manager to Arsenal. They gave Zinchenko. They gave Jesus. It's kind of create your, create your own adventure. Yeah, and, and you know, that's a great strategy by Arsenal. Is going well, they're the best team, and they've got loads of players that. See, that's why I think with Calvin Phillips, that you know, don't don't forget how good of a player he is, but just because you're not seeing him play, um, right? yeah, it's I'm, two I'm, different things. Yeah, I think you've, it, I I just I just want to taper that excitement with I think. Why do you hate him? So it's much? not so much that I hate him. It's just more I think Liverpool are looking for someone who they feel is a bit more plug and play. And it's like if you spend forty million on that player, and then you get him in, and you go, you look under the hood, or you you speak to him, and you go, yeah, actually, there's, you know what, you, you, a lot's going on here for you right now. Then, you know, I know Klopp is a great arm around the shoulder manager, but he doesn't want to be doing that right now. He wants someone who can come in, and everyone's looking at him and going, 
yes. Yeah. Ball's coming to you, mate. Ball's going to come back or ball's going to go there or go there. And that's that's what Liverpool need right now. They need comes, someone who's very sure. It comes back to what Jamie's kind of saying is maybe the truth here is a stopgap. It is a little bit older and we'll get a few years out of you. We're not going to sell you on, so be it. Um, because those are the options right now. Let's move on to centre back because I think defence is, is, is crucial as well. So option one, mm-hmm. Armel Bella Kotchap. Seventy million in terms of market value, probably a bit more than that for sure. I imagine, but look, you've got a player who's currently at a Championship club. Mm-hmm. He's a German international. He's young. When it comes to that area of the pitch. Again, is it okay to what? Who do Liverpool? What do Liverpool want to be? Do they want to continue to be these guys who go and get those youngsters right now, or do they have space to go and get a few few older guys? Because option two is uh, Mario Hermoso from right. Atletico Madrid. Yeah, uh, left sided as well, left footed, which might be something that you can kind of you can bring him in. Twenty eight years old, you know, obviously probably like all Atletico Madrid players savvy he's got that bit of nastiness to them I mean I am slightly confused by Atletico Madrid because you've got Soyuncu who's gone there and Aspilicueta who's steady right but you know it's not going to get them to a Champions League final again I'm not saying Hermoso is but in terms of being that hybrid player at 28 if they could go and get someone like that and provide that bit of nastiness and maybe a bit more balance on that left-hand side he could be an option. How do you feel about those two players, Jay? Well, it's interesting because I was just thinking, you know, would Liverpool have got Laporte if they could have done? Because he is that left side. Why has no one gone for Laporte? Or they were just kind of you've just gone. Oh well, look, Saudi money. I then. think I think he wants to leave England. Is right. the thing. So I think he's, ah. if you've achieved everything you can achieve, which he did, then you sort of go new challenge, and someone goes further down the league and he's like I've done the thing yeah, <laughs> right, right, yeah, yeah. like I want to go somewhere else now and it's rainy the aesthetic of a centre back requires less of a young exciting player I think we're quite prepared emotionally to say look a centre back can be a little bit grisly yeah. and that sort of feels emotionally like it's not getting in the way of the plan Whereas I think with a defensive midfielder, that's a little bit less unclear. That's a little bit less Especially clear. more dynamic now, the profile of modern <sighs> defensive midfielders. It's actually, you're right. It's not just aesthetic. It's also we kind of need him to run a little bit more. On top of that, they've just made Virgil van Dijk captain of the club. So it would have to be essentially a replacement for Andy Robertson. It can't really be. It, or it has to be someone who's willing to take less minutes. And that is a challenge because, again, he's club captain. So not starting a game is a difficult option for Virgil van Dijk. Yeah. So you're looking at maybe bringing someone up from the championship who's going, I will take less minutes. Or someone who's in the twilight of their career. This is what I'm trying to work out is someone who's an understudy. That's why Colwell would have been such a great signing. But look at him for Chelsea. He's basically ready to go now. Is that That's the thing for me. I think that for, for a lot of these teams, now Arsenal maybe can have got a sort of punches, punches chance. Yeah. That right? That's where I kind of, I feel like with Liverpool, like have a go and have some fun. But I would go with, I think both of those are, are great signings. The, the third option, Max Kilman, mm-hmm. I think is a really good option as well in terms of Premier League proven, um, you know, good on the ball, left footed as well. But I would go with one of those younger options because I don't think it's about this season for Liverpool. I think you need to see improvement. You need to see cohesion. You need to see where you're going. That's the thing with Liverpool. So I would go with a younger option. There's sort of two things here. One is, and this is a 
incredibly misleading fact, if you've ever seen me play football, is I used to captain a side with Max Kilman in it. Really? At five a side, yeah. We were at school was together. he good? Yeah. Unbelievable. Really? Um, he says the same of you. Yeah, he he definitely doesn't. No. Skippered Max Gilman. Yeah, the team with that. with that said, the team is called Max and Friends because he was just <laughs> le- he, wow. used to, he used to turn up in he used to turn up in jeans essentially and just play little flicks around the corner. We all went. He's really wow. Well, you name the team after. Yeah, well, <laughs> and I he would, was okay with that. Not as humble as I thought he was. Shame. But, but the interesting thing about him is Spurs were apparently very interested, and then Angie decided he didn't have the recovery pace. So yes, I just I wonder, I wonder, because he's brilliant on the ball. Similar all, idea though, right? Possibly. You need recovery mm. pace at Liverpool. <laughs> yeah, yes. and that's possibly the only caveat I have about Max. Um, with that said, he's left-sided, brilliant on the ball. I think there was that tweet where someone said, guys, I think a commentator should just like get on the PA system for the country, all news stations, all sports stations, and say he used to play futsal, and then we never have to hear about <laughs> yeah, him again. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. But there is something about his ball-playing ability. Um, my question is though, do you think Liverpool, given they've got Joe Gomez and Matip, and they have a little bit of cover there, they have to find the solution now? Or is it instead, as you say, well, they can actually just get someone who's like going to be good? Yeah, I practice. think they need they need to make a fucking decision, <laughs> right? They need to, and, and I would be transparent with that, with the, with the club. I, I, I find this really odd that people don't do that enough. We spoke about it with Sheffield United a couple of weeks ago, maybe even last week. Like, if Sheffield United... Everyone's going. Where's the ambition? Where's the ambition? If the owners come out and go, look, guys, we haven't actually got that much money here. We're gonna t- we're gonna bank this, and we'll be better for it in two, three years' time. Ala Luton, Ala Luton. Can, yeah, can exactly. you do that publicly though? It's yes. similar to it's similar to like a war strategy in a sense. Is if you say we're gonna hunker down here, the opposition go, okay, well we're just gonna shell at you for ages. So yeah. essentially, the players who are all playing for Sheffield then go. So we're doing two or three years where there's not much ambition now. No, and then it's, it's one season we're going to give it a bloody good go. And we're going to try our best. But that's that's what the project is here. And I think with Liverpool, if you went... Like, a bit like with Klopp in his first few years. You mm-hmm. went... He, he went, this is this is mental. It's really good fun. We're beating a couple of the good teams here because we're having a go. And we are... It's going to take a second, but we are refining. The important thing is, it's like... If I... Getting getting from A to B. Mm-hmm. If that takes if that takes an hour, right, and you go for you go for twenty minutes and you stand still for forty minutes and then you get to go again. I'd rather just gently get there. Do you know what I mean? Have we have we given up on Joe Gomez collectively as football fans? Not, as he's being not a left sided centre back. Ah, That's okay. the problem. Is you need someone who's got the, the the footwork to be able to be over there. And Joe Gomez. I mean, I was at that Napoli game last season. That was a painful game to be at for Liverpool, yeah, where he just, it, it wasn't even some, I mean, he, he made two crucial mistakes, but it was the mentality this guy must have to have gotten through so many yeah. issues for Liverpool. And I think there's a lot of pressure put on that side of the defence, so it's quite unfair on him. The mentality must be so mentally strong to be able to just continue, because that game was, it was humiliating to be for him, I think, in, in that game. I think it's, uh, he's not, it doesn't feel like, and I, I never want to sort of, you know, say someone's finished. He's obviously not. I think as a starter, it doesn't feel like he's a starter for Liverpool anymore. And if that is the case, then maybe it is time to to allow someone else who's at least got that ambition. And I'm not saying he hasn't got that ambition, but it feels like too much has sort of passed. Happened. It's yeah, too much has happened. And maybe maybe you need to go to. West Ham and 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 be Fabianski. I know it's a different position, but someone who kind of couldn't 
be a starter at an Arsenal, but it's gone on to have an unbelievable career. That can be Joe. It seems it? like that season, maybe, where it's sort of like, look, if you don't do something now, then you, you know, do you want to go and be a starter? Maybe the fact that he's not really in the England setup, any of those kind of things, really means he can sit in this Liverpool team. I'm not saying he doesn't have ambition. I'm sure he does. But within the England side, it's not going to be like if he has a good run for Liverpool, then someone goes, ah, we'll put you in. I think there's, obviously he's got other ambitions outside of England. But I think he's probably quite content, should we say, at Liverpool with what his position is. They signed him to a new contract. Oh, really? They need some, the problem is Virgil van Dijk, I mean, he's just so, he's such a big figure at the club. Mm. It's, it's also, I think Liverpool is slightly worried that it's like, you know, if we take him out of the team, he's now captain, all these kind of things, what will we do to replace that presence as, along with the tactical yeah. aspects? Let's move on to right backs. Oh, just quickly, so out of those guys, who would you go for? Just those three. So Kotchap, Bella Kotchap, Hermoso, and Max Kilman. I think maybe the the Kilman option feels most Liverpool at the moment. I think I think it's always uh, you know if we learn anything from football manager is to pillage the teams that get relegated. So I would go with Bella Kotchap. I don't mind that, but I think if you were going to pillage, your pillaging time is kind of before, right? Like pillaging so late on. Well, I guess he's got to go somewhere though. You would imagine, you would imagine. I mean, maybe not, maybe not. But I guess, yeah, time will tell. I want to talk about right-back options as well, Mm -hmm. because I think that is really important. Like, the only player that Liverpool have capable of covering Trent at right-back is Joe Gomez, after James Milner left earlier on this summer. Calvin Ramsey. Played right-back, actually, for Brighton at the weekend. Mm. You've got Calvin Ramsey, who's on loan at Preston. now injured. So they kind of need... Oh, is he? Mm. Uh, They now need to get themselves a right-back. So with the money that we've kind of spent on the, uh, the players so far... Got about twenty odd million for a right back option, and I. This is about so me, me and Kai, our producer, talk way too much, and um, we we're so like similar in what we're thinking. And I'm such a loser that I was in the shower thinking about who would be a good option. What who would be good options for Liverpool? And I it like hit me. I was like, why have they not bought, bought Carl Walker Peters? Why have they not bought Carl Walker Peters? He is the option. He's a great option. Can play left back, can play right back. I don't think it would expect to start, but you put him in a Champions League semi-final, he's absolutely fine for me. And then I, I then sort of read what Kai put together here, and option one was Carl Walker-Peters. Um, so they've missed out on obviously those two players. But to have... Because I think that's the thing that's missing here a little bit with Liverpool. You look at Arsenal, look at Man City, these sort of hybrid players who can play in a couple of different positions, both in defence as well as midfield. Carl Walker-Peters is, I think, is exactly what Liverpool need. It's actually a bizarre thing because he's also just been relegated. Mm. He wouldn't be hugely expensive relative to other options, albeit he's English. I think Calvin... Calvin? Um, Carl Walker-Peters. Thank you very much. Sounds like he'd fit the bill as in terms of growing into the role. He'd be happy to play cup games and perhaps come on at the end of a game to clear things up. And also, if you kind of get to a point where you know sometimes you can get a bit heavy on Trent right yeah. people are kind of after him you take him out for two games and put an awesome player England international I think the one thing that's it's interesting here is I wonder if um, it looks like Arsenal might want him because of Timber getting injured mm. he's 26 as well so he's still quite young yeah I just he's a great age for it great, great age, age for a little great bit of, age. great age for a little bit of experience in there yeah I think he's an awesome option uh, option two uh, Ivan Fresneda again this is kind of do- going down the the youth route if if it's not about this year if it's about next year and the year after that which I think that again I think that's what Chelsea are kind of doing I think that's what Arsenal did 
Um, Fresneda's only 18. Uh, he's played 22 times in La Liga for Valladolid. Struggled to say that, so I'm buzzing that I have. And then I've ruined it, haven't I? I'm saying <laughs> that. Nice. Celebrate. Uh, he's been linked with Arsenal and, <laughs> and Dortmund. Uh, that's, you know, that different route. That is just a, a severe backup, if you know what I mean, for now, but mm. goes on to be a really exciting player for them. And then option three, which I really like as well, has been linked with Man City already. Was had moments last year. I think might have had a couple of injury problems, um, but this year looks really good. Aaron Hickey uh-huh. at Brentford, mm. yeah, again can play right back, can play left back as well for them. They need, they do need a right back. So the uh, the Connor Bradley uh, shaped youth player for Liverpool is one who had a couple of preseason games. The jury was for, was more out than in. Felt like from what I'd read and heard. I was trying to work it out. Like I feel like. That the 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 whole structure in preseason was maybe unfair to judge anyone on because you were rotating so many players in there, and again at the same time, who did you get to play alongside? You know, if you have some time to work up a partnership, what do you get from that? It's very difficult because what they're basically it's not again, they've kind of created their own issues here. If if you come in, you are an understudy to Trent Alexander Arnold. I also think the issue that they need to address first is the midfield. And once they've done that, then maybe once they know who Trent's midfield partner is or who it's going to be, they then go, cool, on to the right back. Maybe there is someone they're exploring in that area. Carl Walker Peters would be a really smart version of that. I just wonder if being an understudy to Trent is alluring to any of those names. It's a bit like Harry Kane, isn't it, Spurs? Yeah, well, I wonder if third we can kill two birds with one stone here between the centre half and the right back. James Milner. In, I mean, I was thinking it. Lalana? Lalana. <laughs> uh, in Benjamin Pavard, because he can play centre half and right back. And I'd assume he wouldn't be a starter for either, which might be a problem. But that's kind of where he finds himself with Bayern anyway. Would he come in and expect to be a starter for wherever he goes next, though? I so think that would of, be the issue, possibly. I'm going to move to be a starter here, guys. He's Good luck with that. <laughs> I mean, he would be great at so many different places. Um, but it looks like he's going to Inter Milan by Thursday is the uh, expected move. I don't mind that. I think it's, yeah, I think that's such an Inter Milan. I was going to say that. He would be, but that is an amazing shout. That's a perfect shout. You're right. You know, the other thing is, speaking of Inter Milan, I mean, you've said it is Dumfries. So sure. he... Again, like you just don't know. Do you do you want to go to a club where you're not going to play every week? Is the difficulty? And Spurs had this issue with Kane for ages. Like, yeah. who's good enough? But equally, like, is happy to not play every week. Yeah, but the real. So this is where it could get really ugly for for Liverpool. Is if you say, so top of your head. Let's see if this works. Go on. Who are the three most important players for Liverpool? Yep. Forget and not Allison, outfield players. Go okay, ahead. so Virgil Van Dijk is obviously one. People would characterise Trent and probably Salah after that. Okay, so that is exactly the three that I was expecting yeah. to hear, right? If you... And, and look, players can be irreplaceable, right? But if Virgil van Dijk gets injured, which could happen, hopefully it doesn't, or Trent, who just... We just take it as a given that he plays every game. Mm-hmm. Or Mohamed Salah, who... It's a given that he plays every game, but... Salah, you have a, you do have other options. You know, you could play kind of, I mean, Jota out there. Not to the Sobis same. Like could play out there. Yeah, exactly. Game. Right. If Trent or Virgil Van Dijk get injured, 
you're in trouble. You're in massive trouble. I think I think you're right about that. I, I think maybe Liverpool feel that if I mean I don't think Endo could slot back there. Maybe they feel like there is kind of understudy. I did hear that that way. a lot of his stats were worse because he would drop back into centre back. Late in games yeah. for Stuttgart, as much more defensive, is massive step up in terms of being a front foot footballer. On the other side of that, I think you're totally right about the Trent side of things. Before you would have possibly gone, hey Endo, you right back for the next however many games, maybe for the rest of the season. Fabinho, maybe you're that. Maybe Milner, maybe you're that. I I personally would have loved... I mean, he's at Spurs, so he's never going to go anywhere. I wanted Liverpool to go for someone like a Jed Spence or someone like that. Like, I mean, I, I think he's at... Is it Ren now? I don't know where he is. He's loaned out somewhere else. But I would have... I just think the problem is Liverpool, if they do buy another right back, are actually looking for someone who's not too progressive. So it's actually someone who's doesn't step on Trent's toes and is much more of a like, you're almost looking for like a Jamie Carragher type. Mm. It, you almost have to look at, that's why Joe Gomez is a good understudy for Trent is because it's basically doing what Pep does at City where they go, we'll just it's put such more a drop off into Profile is so different as well. He's not actually terrible at right back. I actually think, if anything, I actually prefer him at right back because there's a bit less defensive responsibility on Joe Gomez. But it means you're, it means you're actually playing a right back. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because Trent doesn't really play as a right back. But all the people you've just pitched are right backs. They're not... Um, they're yes, not I just think they've got a bit more invert. going forwards. Sure, I get that. I, point of view. I actually don't mind Joe Gomez going forward as much as actually... I think the, Klopp actually slightly relies on over... Um, Overcommitment on from the other teams on those sides, uh, kind of making sure there's more players in those areas than need to be. And Trent and Salah and whoever was on that side had a really good understanding. Sommerside has been fantastic at that in early season. Like he looks like he's been everywhere because the system is playing to his strengths. I love I love the shout of Jed Spence. I think he's because he's it was Championship right when Spurs Marauding. bought him. Marauding, exciting, but crucially, and I think we've touched on this, happy to play second fiddle just for a little bit. I mean, what Liverpool are essentially looking for is like a 22-year-old John O'Shea. He can slot in the centre-half, right back, he'll grow in, he's a nice lad. Um, of the names you've mentioned, Walker-Peters. Yeah, it has to be walker It has to be Carl Walker-Peters, get the they, job done. Why haven't they done it? I don't know. And it's going to cost more now. I think it will cost more now. The one thing I hadn't thought about really is we're sort of... Uh, the, the system currently is, is making it life difficult a little bit for Robertson. If Trent were to get injured, you just let Robertson off the leash more. You so, kind of flip you? the formation. Yeah, exactly. So you, you basically go, oh, actually, we can put maybe, I don't know where Canate quite fits into that, but it maybe takes the emphasis off Virgil van Dijk. You wouldn't play a back three, but it might feel a bit more like a back three. And then, like you said, but if you look at Robertson's heat map any game, he gets up there. He's time. already off the leash yeah, anyway. Yeah, exactly. Sort of like, yeah, heel, heel. <laughs> and then and the dog's halfway down the field um, already. Guys, it's been a joy. I think the important thing to finish on is your podcast, which people can go and check out. What is it? Where is it? How is it? It's labelled the football podcast on YouTube. I'd say it's in. I'd say it's in fine fettle, and it's. Um, I think it's just labelled the football podcast on the Lawrence McKenna channel at the moment. It's called the football podcast. It's just labelled the football podcast because we didn't kind of come up for another thing. Okay, another but the name. crucial thing to search yeah. is Lawrence McKenna, okay. which now sounds quite egotistical. Um, yeah, well, you know, people are freaking so. There's, um, there's, there's that. Uh, we're possibly coming up for other names. Uh, with other names for it. But if you want to find it on Spotify, you actually have to search The Lozcast and it'll come up on that feed. Okay, doke. Um, thanks a lot for having us on. Really Thanks, mate. Make sure you check out uh, Loz's 
YouTube channel as well. Uh, there was a comment that I sent to you, didn't oh, yeah. I? I mean, uh, I've just started watching this guy called Lawrence McKenna. You guys should do, do you should be friends. I was like, is this a fucking wind up? <laughs> <laughs> I get him on everything. Yeah. Um, and Team. Jamie, you've got your own channel as well? Yes. Uh, I have Tell a, us about it. Um, I started in March and it's funny doing podcasts like this because I feel like the level here is so high. And you guys what? are kind of the pros. In terms at... of the microphones. <laughs> Not us, surely. No, no, you know, all the tech. Yeah, right. Um, but I am learning and I'm enjoying it a lot. So if you want to watch me learn and get to grips with this football You've had thing. a bit... Uh, was it the Makaleli video? Good yeah. Family. Loved that video. So good. So that's... Search... What can we search to find the, uh, the Makaleli video? Jamie Slevin Makaleli. There we go. Just put Jamie Slevin. I don't think there's many other people in the search <laughs> terms who are coming up like that. Yeah, you should be fine. Because okay. there's a lot of spelling in there that you've got to do if you put Jamie Slevin Makaleli. Indeed. Guys, love chatting with you. Thanks for having us. Uh, Thanks for having us, mate. It was great. Uh, we've obviously already recorded the uh, most impactful 11 of Liverpool. It was really good fun. That will be out on Friday. So if you don't want to miss that, make sure you follow this podcast as well. Guys, thank you so much for continuing to listen and watch on Spotify as well. It's one of my favourite moments of the week, just sitting down here and chatting with great people. And we've been able to do it again. So happy days for us all. Um, I'll see you guys next week. Keep listening. And thanks again. 